it's two girls one broadcast <laughs> guys it's a podcast <laughs> hey girl your titty out <laughs> oh, they're not the I'm hole <laughs> switch out with a friend mid thrust so she doesn't notice crap i actually like you <laughs> you're not supposed to date someone else Welcome back, guys. You're here with Jack and Katie. And it's Two Girls, One Broadcast, as if you didn't already know. (laughs) We're so excited to be back this week. Mm -hmm. No guests, just us. Just us. We're trying to kind of alternate if we can, I think. Yeah, Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, well, we recorded four episodes in a row in January, all with guests. I was like, I miss my wifey. (laughs) (laughs) We can have fun, just the two of us. We have so much fun, just the two of us. Like, it's maybe too much fun. (laughs) okay so i wanted to do a quick um hinge bumble update i I feel like this one's gonna be so fast so um there's one person that i needed to update you guys on so it was the guy that i talked about last week and or no sorry the week before Mm -hmm. and he basically had messaged me like multiple times and with no response and he was the one who said um ms jack i can't help but wonder how your weekend went So the last thing he sent to me on February 9th was, Dear most excellent ladies of Hinge, this is my (laughs) official resignation from this app. I feel like I found the perfect girl for me to properly devote all my time and attention to. This still, of course, means you are all wonderful slash beautiful slash amazing souls, and I hope you fare well on finding your most suitable match. Have yourselves a splendid life if our lives never cross again. Sincerely, his name with about 15 emojis following it. See, this is why I said you only meet weird guys on Hinge. I'm so sorry. But like, what the fuck? Well, someone likes him. That's what I was going to say, too, is like, where did he, this guy find this mythical creature that this method of communication worked, worked on? For her? I have no idea. But you know what? Bless to them, too. Yeah. So then I got this other message. This person named Tyler liked my photo. And I didn't say anything back. I just accepted the what do you call it request basically (laughs) and he was like hey smiley face are you a sharpie question mark and i'm like sitting with katie as he says this and i'm like what the fuck do i say back to this so i go hey not that i know of dot 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 why lol because you're ultra fine huh i just that those kind of openers bother me i guess (sighs) I guess it depends what you're meaning with it. But you know that he's copy and pasting that same message to like 30 girls in one night. Like it's not original. Yeah. It was not. It just bothers me. It was not cool. I didn't like it. Yeah. And I have not responded, obviously. Some guys would give me like those contrived openers. And if they were unique enough, like I could tell that he was using it over and over. But if it was like unique or funny or weird enough, then I would engage. Mm -hmm. But the majority of it, I'm like, I'm not answering your fucking knock knock joke, bro. (laughs) But it's for the content. <laughs> yeah, I fucked up. I probably could have gotten a lot more content out of dating apps when I was on them. I was going through my old photos on my like Google Photos cloud thing. Mm-hmm. And I found so many old screenshots from Hinge and Bumble. I am slurring already. The pink Whitney is getting to me. <laughs> um, and I was like having embarrassment, like secondhand embarrassment for these guys. But like I know that this was so long ago and it still just makes me cringe. Yeah. There was what, our, one of our like favorite meme accounts 
um, had posted on Valentine's Day something about like having a date with someone or getting invited to like a really awkward Valentine's Day date yeah. when really all she did was match with them for the content. Yeah. <laughs> and inappropriately intimate. Oh, right. Yes. Those were the words. <laughs> So um, I feel like that's probably going to be the last update you receive from me about Hinge and Bumble because all those times that I've said, wow, I fucking hate dating apps Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even on them. I just knew how much I hated them. I went on it for one month and 15 days (laughs) and I am done. Jack is done. Jack is retiring, hanging up the jersey. Yeah. There you know is... what? We can do throwbacks because I have a lot that I never talked about. So we can always resurrect some old ones. Yeah, we'll have to because it's just not worth it to me. We I'm... have friends that are on dating apps still too and they send us stuff. I have a girlfriend that lives in Vancouver and she's like, honestly, the dating pool here is worse, which is weird because it's so much of a bigger city. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, it's bleak. It's bleak, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> I do think, like, have you met a guy before who was like, I would never go on dating apps? Mm, I don't think so. I've met a couple, and I do feel like those kind of guys that are, like, very staunchly against it are, like, sometimes a bit of a different standard of male. Like a not as No, good in a good way. Oh, a good way. In a good way, yeah. yeah. Like, they just would never want to do that. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I do respect that. Yeah, oh, I totally do, because just from the little bit of time that I've done it, I'm like hell to the new yeah didn't even meet anybody that's the thing i'm like (laughs) (laughs) the one time i went on like so many years ago was probably like oh five probably five-ish years ago when Mm -hmm. i went on tinder and i made that guy wait like two months to fucking meet me and i can't believe he waited that long honestly i can't believe you held him on the line on tinder of all apps i know and i mean i'm sure he was going on dates and seeing other girls or whatever mm-hmm. but he literally did come to meet me i can't remember if i talked about this we met at a bar did i tell you about this you told me i don't know if we've told oh, okay. the tacos yeah so i met him at a bar and he showed up like full suited with one of his friends <laughs> and he was like oh we just came from our work christmas party and he was um he had a not so attractive accent and i was just like what was his accent i don't remember this well do I want to say it? Maybe not. Yeah. Um, it was just not very attractive. And it was just an all-around weird interaction. I was with, like, six friends, too. But I was like, this is the only way I can make sure that I'm not going to get, like, skinned alive and mm-hmm. put in the fucking dumpster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. So, anyways. <laughs> I'm like, we're not going to do any editing on this episode. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. Wait, let me take a 20-second break so I can sneeze. <laughs> so, that's done. Do you have any updates there, Katie, on your life? <laughs> that's done. It's over. Yeah. Well, I don't have too, too much. I wanted to give a quick update because I think two episodes ago also I talked to, we did Crazy Pants and I talked a little bit about going to the doctor for my anxiety and getting out of van. And I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of an update on that because I think that that's, again, something that not a lot of people talk about. A lot of people are on medication. They don't talk about it. So mm-hmm. I got the prescription. I took one the day that I got it because I was having a full anxiety attack. And then I've taken one since because I was going... I may as well just say why I took it because otherwise people are going to be like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I, went, I went and got my IUD switched out for a new one. And like, if you're a man, I um, 
am very jealous of you that you don't possess the anatomy that we do because fuck me i mean needless to say we dropped a few f-bombs towards the male population while we were in the room because i was providing support my doctor heard me say a lot of f-bombs and i clawed a lot of jess's arm i'm so sorry no it's fine but we were just like you know fuck the guys that don't have to really do anything other than wear a condom it's utter bullshit the amount of pain and like hormone bullshit i'm like i know i'm gonna break out like crazy right now I don't think you will. I digress. So yeah, I took an Ativan that day because I was like, I know, I knew like the last time I'd gotten one that it was bad news bears. So I took one and like the pain was enough to like snap me out of it. Like I didn't even feel like I'd taken anything. I'm like, well, that was a waste. But yeah, it's nice. I think just to have it because if I am feeling super anxious or like I'm kind of heading down that road where I'm starting to feel like the, the physical symptoms of like an anxiety attack, I know that I have it there just in case I do end up needing it. And that is almost enough to calm me down in a lot of situations because I just know that if I do progress to that point where it's like the point of no return, like you're in a full-blown panic attack, then I have something to help me there. So it's just kind of very, it's calming and mm-hmm. comforting to have it. I mean, I didn't see you at your last appointment when you got it for the first time, but I, I do think like you did seem a little like woo-woo, if I'll say, slash oh, yeah. calm a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe it helped to have someone there with you too, but yeah before the procedure itself like you didn't really seem to be panicking too Mm -hmm. much and and normally when you're panicking about something and I'm there you usually do tell me so Mm -hmm. I feel like it did help you in that sense it did yeah yeah. I did say as we were walking and I was like I wish I had more yeah because you have a low dose it did definitely help Mm -hmm. it's nice like it just kind of makes you feel it kind of snaps you out of those physiological symptoms and helps you kind of just calm down and like you still feel the anxiety like it's not like it's it's not like you're high or anything. Mm -hmm. It just kind of like gives you a little bit of a reprieve so that you can kind of talk yourself down and deal with like what is actually causing the anxiety rather than just being like, I can't breathe and my left arm is numb and my heart's going to explode. So yeah. Yeah. It's been good. I mean, you were a trooper for sure. Woof. (laughs) I said, she's like midway through the procedure. I was like, I could never have a baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was awful. But anyway, still still recommend them highly but anyway babies or iud's i mean i can't speak to babies i like i enjoy babies but i've never had one myself <laughs> but i do highly recommend iud's but anyway we digress yeah so jack has one more update for us <laughs> that we don't think she talked about before yeah apologies if i have i mean all these episodes i feel like are kind of molding together and we have to like go <laughs> back and check all our notes and be mm-hmm. like did we talk about this but sometimes we don't actually like write things down when we say them just in the moment and then we're like okay well i feel like this is be- a shock to no one we're fucking debacles but. yeah that's true <laughs> we try to be organized but it doesn't always work out so I actually was able to land myself um, a new job in my <laughs> in my time off. Um, so that's very lovely. I had to go into the office last week and empty out my desk. And I was absolutely dreading it. Like, I did not want to go see my boss. I did not want to, like, deal with my coworkers. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but... It took me so long. Like, I was there for two hours, I think. My, like, computer wouldn't load. I needed to get, like, stuff off the computer. And um, my boss needed me to check on, like, a couple things because she couldn't figure it out while I was off. And it was just, like... And everybody wanted to come and talk to me Mm -hmm. while I was trying to pack up my desk. And I was, like, trying to, like, do it while they were talking to me to be, like, okay, please just, like, go. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't see everybody, but mostly just the people on my team that sat Mm -hmm. close to me and everybody was, was pretty 
like kind and and most of them were like wow you look really good and i was like guess what this is what it looks like to be away from a (laughs) shithole it does it makes you very zen out jack is the most zen (laughs) i feel like i can say that now since i don't work there yes oh (laughs) so amazing i'm so happy for you yeah i mean it's been really nice that like most almost everybody's been super supportive of Mm -hmm. the fact that i got a new job and they're like you know what you seem just in a way better headspace and and you know things can really only go up from here and heck yes i have nothing to complain about i've been feeling great since like mid-january probably so yeah it's been um a really nice change but yeah i start on tuesday um so i guess the day this episode comes out yeah yeah and uh that'll be a bit of a whirlwind but everybody there has been like sending me emails and talking about how we're going to go for lunch and I think it's just going to be a a really different atmosphere and just yeah a big change which is going to be really welcomed and nice. It seems like it's an actual team which Mm -hmm. a lot of workplaces I think talk about how they're team based Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are not. Yeah. So you gotta and it's walk hard. the walk. Yeah. And it's hard to, to work in a workplace where you, yeah. you're not a team. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, for obvious reasons, I'm not going to say where I'm working, but if you want to know, feel free to reach out to me. <laughs> um, I will share that with you, but I don't want to share it with everybody. Yeah. Just in case we do talk a lot of, about a lot of stuff on here. <laughs> uh, yeah. It just goes to show like if you're struggling with mental health like sometimes it's situational Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can't like take your stuff take yourself like a step back to realize that like you just know that you're miserable and you're not really sure why but like sometimes not Mm -hmm. all the time sometimes it's just that situational thing and like congrats to you and like kudos to you for taking the step to make a change in your life because it's really really hard to do especially like leaving a job and getting a new job it's scary Mm -hmm. yeah it totally is and there was a lot of like guilt about being off and just making that change and um you know obviously I don't think anybody that I'm about to work with is going to hear this but you know when you're going to a workplace and everyone seems and acts excited that you're joining mm-hmm. the team and is doing everything they can to make sure that your first day is is one that is like positive and welcoming then yeah. you should pretty much know you've made a good choice about your workplace um it, and you know like now that I've taken that time off, which I never thought in my life that I would just like, Mm -hmm. because I was stressed basically. And I, you know, there's someone in my family who's struggling at work and struggling outside of work. And I, you know, I, I have a good understanding of everything that's going on and I'm trying very hard to push them to take time off, but they're in that mindset where like, their workplace can't afford to lose them. And I'm like, you can't have that mindset because they can every workplace unless you're like the fucking executive director like someone that high like I I think your workplace can do without you for a little bit and honestly it probably will benefit them in the long run because if you do go back you'll be in a better headspace and things Mm -hmm. will be better for them and for you yeah well most of the time if you're in that space you're not your most productive self Mm -hmm. so yeah like you're not really doing yourself any favors and you might not be doing your work any favors either yeah so it's kind of yeah you're right like it would benefit everybody yeah to just deal with that yeah so if you know someone in your in your life that's kind of struggling at work and has a lot of stuff going on outside of work as well um i would encourage them to just take like two three weeks even just some time yeah. to just regroup 
go to appointments, like go to therapy, whatever, you know, just some time mm-hmm. so that they can go to yoga, do some things for themselves during the day and, and not feel that, that work pressure 24 seven and whatever else is pressuring them outside. Yeah. Well, and sometimes just taking that break will give you like that moment of clarity where you're like, okay, now I know what to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. It totally does. Because yeah. it's like with anything, you're in a situation and you're you're blinded by that mm-hmm. situation. And then as soon as you remove yourself from it and then reflect back, you can see what's been going on and you can see why you were feeling that way mm-hmm. and that, holy shit, you should have done that a lot sooner. Yeah. You can say that about anything, like yeah. relationships, yeah. jobs, mm-hmm. anything. It's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of space is sometimes like the most beneficial thing mm-hmm. and a little bit of downtime. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> so moving on from that, uh, <laughs> I finally have my doggie tonight. Yay! I am so excited and it's like, I haven't seen him for two months. Probably haven't yeah. seen him since Christmas and I miss him like crazy. So like getting a freaking animal with boyfriend or girlfriend is <sighs> just like the greatest and the worst. Yeah. Because if you don't last, obviously somebody has to take the animal. And in this case, yeah, it was my ex that did. And that was always an agreement we had. And I mean, I think that's a little bit of like the cynic in me where I'm like, just in case this doesn't work, one of us has to know from the get-go who's taking that animal. And I said right from the get-go, like you're taking the dog. I mean, I already have two cats. Like Mm -hmm. it's a lot. So yeah. And I don't, I think that that's. I think that's honestly, it's a mature thing to do and it's a responsible thing to do Mm -hmm. because you see people all the time go through breakups and they're like, well, I can't keep the dog or whatever. Mm. And the other person's like, well, I can't keep the dog either. And then the dog ends up in a shelter or getting sold on Kijiji to God knows who. So I do think that it's as a pet owner, it's your responsibility to have those tough conversations. It's not like fun. No. But it needs to happen. This is another being's life that you're taking responsibility for. Well, I can easily say hands down that like, if that was something that would have happened, like him and I had the agreement and he was like, no, I can't. I would, would. I would have taken him 100%. like hundred percent. Yeah. But it's nice to be able to see him every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, of course it's, it's touch and go. And, you know, I was supposed to kind of have him last night and things changed. And then there was just a complete lack of response. And mm-hmm. that really frustrated me. And, um, I really like, there's so much of me that's trying to be so kind because I don't want to lose the ability to get the dog yeah and yeah like I mean I don't know if I was ever kind of like snappy or rude about it if he was if he would be like well you can't have him them like I I don't know that he would do that I I honestly don't think he would but there's a part of me that does obviously worry about that Mm because he does kind of hold the power in that sense and you know, I was able to get him today, which kind of like resolved the situation a little bit because I was upset, but it it mostly comes from just disappointment, right? Like the fact that I want to have him and I can't always have him because he's, he's not mine anymore. He's just mine Mm. to like borrow, which is very hard in itself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess it does kind of show like if there's something important enough between the two of you, you're able to have that communication and and make it work. And it's not always going to be the highest highs like there's going to be conflict there's going to be disagreements and there's going to be times where it's like you thought you were going to get the dog and you're not and you have to be somewhat okay with that because it's not your dog anymore yeah so you only have so much control in that situation yeah which that's a hard thing to get used to too Mm -hmm. yeah it it is because i'm kind of a control freak but no (laughs) no not at all what (laughs) What? (laughs) 
<laughs> but anyways, the point, the whole point of this is that I think it's possible to have healthy conversation and, and healthy conflict, even with your ex and, yeah. you know, it's not always going to be healthy, but it, it's your best <laughs> to try that it should be healthy. And I think that's the the whole point of this episode today is, is talking about conflict and yes. healthy conflict and red flags and kind of how to work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, we briefly touched on this in episode 20. Yeah. Fuck boys and fights. <laughs> yeah. And it was like a very short amount of yeah. detail it was our, about fights. It was our fights. crazy pants segment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. we kind of got into it a little bit, but we were talking about it today and we were like, we just feel like there's so much more about this that we want to say because yeah. like I see people exhibiting unhealthy conflict management all the time. And, oh yeah. And not like I'm perfect at it either. Like everyone knows I'm passive aggressive and like I hate conflict and I'm a little bitch baby, but I've learned a lot. And so is Jack. Mm-hmm. And we have some years on this planet that we feel like we have some experiences. <laughs> so we it. would like to share. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, this isn't gospel. And this is just kind of like points that we've come up with and some yeah. things we've seen from some therapists and heard from some professionals. And we're just kind of tying it all into one. But yeah, you know, everybody deals with conflict differently. And mm-hmm. and the point of this is just trying to help you deal with it in a positive way because you know what in the end if you're with somebody that you think you want to be with long term Mm -hmm. conflict can really be a positive thing if you change your mindset about it absolutely and like I've had I've managed conflict very badly in past relationships and like I none of those I don't regret any of those relationships ending but I do regret some of the things that I did during them Mm -hmm. and so rather than just like living with regrets and like looking in the past I'm trying to learn from that and move forward and then hopefully if we can share those experiences with you guys maybe it'll help somebody yeah and I think one of the really big things about us starting this podcast like we get a lot of questions the biggest question is why did you start the podcast and Mm -hmm. it's like you know we can joke and say oh we were drunk we were at an nba (laughs) game like we were just you know (laughs) shooting the shit and we're like hey let's start a podcast and i think i pretty much ordered mics right at the table after we did a bunch of shots (laughs) but you know we we feel like we've had some life experiences and our friends do come to us for stuff Mm -hmm. and we just feel like maybe that's how we can help whoever listens to our episodes. I mean, we have a decent amount of listeners and I only mm-hmm. have a handful of friends. So hopefully there's some people that are really benefiting from this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of these lessons I would have benefited from hearing a decade oh, ago yeah. or even five years ago. I look back at myself in my early 20s and there's no, like I was the worst at dealing with conflict. Like I've gotten better. I'm not mm-hmm. the greatest. But I've definitely gotten better and, you know, every week is just is a new kind of feat, I guess, when it comes to conflict. Like you don't really know what the week's going to bring and all you can really do is look within yourself and say, you know, if something comes up or if there's some conflict, what am I going to do about it? What is what am I going to do to make myself better so that I can work through this and we can have a positive outcome in the end? Yeah. And it's funny because you can't really prepare yourself for all the situations that come up, but it is actually super helpful to think about things, not in an anxiety spiral kind of way where it's like, what if this happens? What if this happens? It's just thinking very calmly and rationally about how you want to react to certain things in certain situations because you get to choose. You don't get to choose what people do to you. You don't get to choose how people speak to you, but you get to choose how you react. Mm -hmm. That is the only thing you can control. That's all you can control. You can't even really control. We could talk about emotional regulation another day. There's to a certain extent you can control your emotions. But what you truly control in that moment is the way that you speak back to them. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. 
which is what I'm terrible at. <laughs> so many people are like, Jack, you're so defensive. Like, and to me, I also, like, I was going to look this up before the episode and I think I forgot, like, what the true definition of being defensive is because mm. I really would like to know because I don't think I'm that defensive. I think <laughs> what I try to do <laughs> is show my point. <laughs> this tone of voice is defensive. However, however, <laughs> this is exactly what we're going to talk about. And yeah. something that goes with being podcast hosts is sharing these pieces of advice and taking them as hosts yes because i know people in our lives that say you know you've provided this advice why are you not taking your own advice and it's true it is true it it really is and that was something that really resonated with me and i was like holy shit you're right like i talk about these things and then i do the opposite Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't be doing that because what we want to do is practice what we preach right yeah we're human at the end of the day. And we've said this so many times, like, do as we say, not as we do. Like, we are trying. We really are. And I think that this podcast kind of holds us a little bit more accountable than we would be otherwise because we're saying this to however many people are listening. And it's like, if they see me do the opposite of what I've been saying, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, what the fuck, you yeah. freaking hypocrite. And I'm like, it's true. Honestly, like, please call me out. True. If yeah, you same. know me and I'm doing something opposite to what I say on this podcast, mm-hmm. you call me out. Yeah. My therapist called me out the other week, Mm -hmm. like maybe a month ago. I was talking about a situation and how I was dealing with it. And I was thinking that I was being very mature and calm. And she was like very, very quiet Mm -hmm. and just looking at me. And I just kind of kept talking into the quietness and feeling awkward. And I was like, what the fuck? What am I missing? And I kind of sat there for a moment and I was like, oh, I'm being passive aggressive, aren't I? And she said, yes, not directly, but you're being passive aggressive. Because I was, there was something that was coming up that was bothering me and I wasn't dealing with it in the moment. And that is passive aggressive. Even though I wasn't reacting in a passive aggressive way at that moment, I was letting negative things build up and build up and build up. And I wasn't dealing with them in a healthy manner. So I was being passive aggressive and I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I don't practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. I talk all the time about how I hate people that are passive aggressive. It's like my biggest pet peeve. I try so hard not to be passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. If anything, most of the time I'm just very passive. But (sighs) yeah. Yeah. So it just goes to show sometimes you're not cognizant of these things in the moment either. And that's the thing too, is like talking about this more or thinking about this more, just being more aware of it. It's going to help you grow as a person and it's helping us grow as people, I Mm -hmm. think. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about healthy and unhealthy conflict, kind of how to deal with it, some red flags, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can start because I think this was your note. Okay. The first one. Okay, so conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite thing. No, it's the worst and nobody likes it. So I think the first thing to really recognize is being okay with disagreeing and understanding people have different opinions and experiences and the need to take time to sit down and hear each other out to share what makes each other feel safe, loved, seen, and heard. So mm-hmm. that one I think is really important. Especially in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So just really understanding that everybody had a different upbringing and although you can really you can know what they experienced but you can't ever feel or understand Mm -hmm. why they feel the way about what they experienced yeah you can empathize to a certain point but Mm -hmm. like there's certain things you're never going to be able to sympathize with because Mm -hmm. you have different life experiences and that's it's very simple yeah 
So just really taking that time to like be okay with disagreeing with each other. Yes. But understanding why everyone has different opinions and they come from everyone's different experiences and mm-hmm. their upbringing and their previous relationships. Yeah. I think we're, we're all so primed to be reactive to certain things without hearing the kind of behind the scenes thoughts that that person has as to why they have that opinion or that outlook on something. And then too, at the end of the day, sometimes you're going to disagree on stuff. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you're never going to get that other person to agree with you. But if you can understand where they're coming from and they can understand where you're coming from and you guys can both respect each other in that, that's okay. Yeah. You're never going to find someone that you're not going to disagree on stuff with. And if you are, then they're probably not being truthful with you. Yeah. And I think like a lot of this stuff that we're going to talk about can really be for any type of relationship that you're in but i think the for the most part we're talking about like being in a cohabitation relationship boyfriend girlfriend whatever you know partner relationship yeah um but of course it can go into anything and i Mm -hmm. think you know when in a romantic relationship think about the times that you disagree with your family because you you don't always have the same viewpoint and agreement with Mm -hmm. your family and I know most people can work through that. So think about how you work through that with your family and kind of take that into your romantic life and Mm -hmm. think about how much you want to be with this person. Is this your person? And make it work. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. There's some big things that might be like relationship enders. You know what I mean? But not every fight has to be a relationship ender. No, absolutely not. And I think something that does always happen in, you know, conflict is is saying something wrong, Mm -hmm. saying something out of fear or out of anger. Like that, that is so normal and so natural Mm -hmm. because we just say what we feel. Sometimes we don't think before we speak. Sometimes people even say things that they don't really feel. They Mm -hmm. say something in the heat of the moment. And then when you bring it up later, they hopefully will apologize and retract it and say you know what like that wasn't how I meant it that wasn't how I meant to communicate it I was upset etc etc and that's that's exactly what I was going to say is if you do say something out of fear or out of anger think about why you said that and Mm -hmm. apologize genuinely apologize to your partner because you probably didn't mean it Mm -hmm. and if you didn't mean it be genuine and say sorry and I think on the opposite side is for that partner to really think about how genuine you're being and take that apology because I know Mm -hmm. I'm guilty for holding on to things that my Mm -hmm. partners have said to me in anger and saying, you can't take that back. Me too. Because now it's stuck inside my brain, but you have to be able to let that go because if your partner is saying, I'm really sorry, I did not mean that. This Mm -hmm. is what I meant. It came from a place of anger and I shouldn't have said something. Mm -hmm. You need to really try and think on that. Mm -hmm. And not harbor those feelings because that's not fair to them. If they're being vulnerable to you and apologizing, you need to be vulnerable back and say, hey, babe, it's okay. I'm going to let it go. I know you didn't mean it. You love me. Yeah. I think that's such a big thing in most arguments, most conflicts, even if the conflict started because one person was in the wrong, by the end of the day, you're probably both have done something wrong. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're never going to argue and be a completely perfect human being for the most part. So I think that's such a big thing is at the end of the day, being able to own up to what you did wrong and apologize. So there was something you told me the other day about apologizing and how you... Yes. Accept an apology. Yes. So this was on, I don't remember what Instagram account it was. It might have been the holistic psychologist. It was one of those type of accounts. And she posted about apologies and how a lot of the time people say, I'm sorry. And you say, it's okay. And the message you're communicating, if you say, it's okay, even if you're not meaning to, is you're saying, it's okay that you did that. 
And it's not okay that you did that. It's not okay that you hurt me intentionally or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. But what you should do is acknowledge the apology and thank them for it Mm -hmm. and then let it go and move on. So Mm -hmm. all that you have to say is thank you for apologizing. It means a lot to me that you were willing to own up to that and say that you're sorry. Yeah. That's it. So I've been really cognizant of trying not to say it's okay. I'm saying thank you for apologizing or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You don't have to follow a script when you're fighting, but it is nice to see these different ways of thinking about how you're communicating. Yeah. And I think just now that you said that, another really big thing is I'm I'm guilty of always saying sorry. Like I always mm-hmm. say sorry. And I think it's almost to the point where it's like, it's just a knee-jerk reaction. It's not a genuine mm-hmm. thing, which is not true. It, it always is. But I think to the person that I'm continually apologizing to, it may not seem as genuine because it's just right. something I do all the time. And I think that's just a fucking Canadian thing. But <laughs> <laughs> if you're apologizing all the time, think about why you're apologizing. And I think sometimes even I'll apologize for things. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not sorry I said that because it's how I feel. Unless you've said it in a hurtful way, Mm -hmm. that's a different story. But if you're sitting there and you're just saying, I feel this way, this is how I feel, and they don't take it the way you hoped they would, Mm -hmm. don't say you're sorry because you're not. That is how you feel. You shouldn't apologize for the way you feel. Right. That's that's kind of an opening for you to say, I know that my message wasn't really received well and I wanted to talk about that like Mm -hmm. this is what I meant by this I wasn't meaning to be hurtful or I wasn't meaning to attack you this is how I was feeling and I was just trying to communicate that and then that kind of opens up that more healthy dialogue yeah 100% yeah um we just kind of said like in a fight with anyone no one we said no one likes conflict Mm -hmm. it's scary it's Mm -hmm. not comfortable but if you look at conflict as a way to learn about each other and grow then you can maybe take a negative situation and turn it into a positive. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are having conflict and then at the end of the day, you're each able to hear the other person and understand where they're coming from and apologize for what you may have done wrong, then hopefully you guys can come together and move on from that because that's really the only way that you're going to be able to move forward in a relationship is if you're able to try and resolve that conflict. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, a lot of the times when you're having a conversation about conflict, you need to do I versus you statements. So when you're approaching a partner about how you feel, Mm -hmm. best piece of advice is just always say, this is how I feel. Yes. This is how what you said made me feel. Mm -hmm. Never being like, you made me feel like this. You You said this. this. You did this. Like, yes, that's never going to go well because that is when people put their backs against the wall and they get defensive. Yeah. Instantly, you're going to make somebody defensive because Mm -hmm. it feels like you're attacking them, even if that's not what you meant. And the meaning behind your words is true. It's the way that you're communicating it to them. Yeah. 100%. We also wanted to talk about, hmm, this is for me. being assertive versus seeking conflict. So I think something that I've tried to learn for the past couple of years, basically since I started going to therapy with any regularity, mm-hmm. is trying to be assertive in the moment and deal with things as they come up. But I think I, especially after a certain relationship that I was in, I was so used to being in conflict and trying to deal with it all the time, deal with it all the time, that now I feel like sometimes I'm very primed for a fight. Yeah. So something will happen and I'll maybe be a little bit more reactive than I should be. And I kind of jump on someone saying, well, what did you mean by that? Or, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. not great. So I think it's something that I'm trying to be 
really, really like really keep it in the front of my mind because it's very easy for me now to be like, well, what the hell did that mean? Yeah. And we were talking about this today Mm -hmm. and I said like, it it is fair, right? Like you're working through things that occurred for like over and over and over again for over a year Mm -hmm. and you're trying to get rid of those reactions. And of course it's not fair to do that to your new partner. Yeah. But if you've expressed and shared, I think about some of the things that you've gone through when it comes to turmoil and conflict, Mm -hmm. And, and share that with your new partner, that they're able to be a little more understanding about For sure. where you're coming from and just say like, hey, look, I am trying to work through this. It mm-hmm. is not going to be an overnight thing because mm-hmm. it never is. If you're trying to change something about yourself, it's not overnight. It takes time. And if you have a partner that really loves you, they're going to be okay with waiting and or kind of calling you out on it yeah 100 percent. and and you have to be okay with that and yeah. and we talked about that today and just said mm-hmm. like it's fair but you recognize as long as you can recognize those signs as soon as they happen and you can mm-hmm. kind of retract yourself and fix it then you are working towards a better you yeah totally yeah. well the person i'm talking about we'd had a conversation weeks ago and he'd kind of said like i'm not your ex mm-hmm. and i'm like it's hard for me to hear that because I'm like, I'm trying not to ignore what I see as like red flags or like whatever. And I'm trying to like deal with things as they come up. But yeah, it's like I went from being so passive for so long to now being overly assertive in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when I did that change ways program, which was about like anxiety and depression, a lot of what we talked about was assertion. And they said, if you haven't practiced being assertive for a long time and you try to learn how to do it as an adult, a lot of the time people become aggressive for a while before they figure out that middle ground. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm trying to be gentle with myself because I know this is a very normal thing. It's not okay, but I'm trying to find that middle ground. I was going to say that someone who's continually passive is going to just go to the opposite end of the spectrum when they're trying to kind of fix that side of themselves. And Mm -hmm. it's going to take a little bit to bring it back to the middle. And I think that's okay. And like I said, it just comes from communication. Mm -hmm. So if you're with somebody or even just me, like living with somebody, like, you know, I mean, I already knew that about you and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you live with someone or you're really close with someone and they don't really know that relationship side of you Mm -hmm. to just share that with them and say like, Hey, I'm working through this call me out or help me with it. You know what I mean? Like find your person and Mm -hmm. they're going to be understanding if you are communicating about how you feel. Totally. Yeah. And it's not calling out in like a a bad way. It's like that person that you trust Mm -hmm. and like you trust them to tell you when you're doing something wrong. Like Jack called me out the other day for being passive aggressive. And I was like, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) Okay, so I looked up, because I said earlier, I really wanted to know the actual definition of being defensive. Yes. So this is the definition. Someone on the defensive is concerned with justifying their actions or words. They have a defensive attitude as they try to protect themselves. If you know that to defend is to protect, you have an idea of what defensive means. When a person is acting defensive, they're trying to protect or justify themselves. So I think that's one of the huge kind of points that we wanted to touch on was when you're in conflict with your partner, you're in it together. Yes. It's not you against the other. It's you, you're both here trying to find a solution to the problem. Yeah. And I think that really is the viewpoint that you need to have is like, look, we love each other. We see things differently. We're having a bit of a conflict right now because of differing opinions, differing upbringings, whatever. But in the end, we want what's best for both of us. Mm-hmm. And 
that is, I think that is a huge way to combat being defensive is just having that mindset of knowing that your partner is there for you. You're there for them. And in the end, it's about the both of you. Yeah. It was something that I'd never really thought about until actually very recently was this idea that like, it shouldn't be you versus them. It shouldn't be me versus my partner. It should be us versus the problem. Absolutely. We're so, not fighting each other. We're fighting the problem together. And that was it. honestly mind blowing for me to look at because I'd never really thought of it that way. And again, especially since having so much conflict with partners over the past few years, I had never, I'd always felt like I was, I had to defend myself. Mm -hmm. So it's very refreshing now, honestly, to think about it as we're fighting a problem together. Like for, this is for the betterment of our relationship. It's not me trying to prove that I'm right or you trying to prove that you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, I, I've been told more than once I'm defensive and I think that's probably something I really need to look at is is the issue and and are we here to kind of make that issue go away together yeah instead of just trying to be right so that that kind mm -hmm. of like is a nice little segue into the red flags of unhealthy yes. conflict and um obviously being defensive is a huge red flag because then that means you guys aren't working through it together and trying to yeah. find that problem or that sorry that solution together yeah there's no healthy communication going on when you're being that defensive mm -hmm. it just can't yeah and so, you know, some of the other things, which I mean, are fairly obvious, but mm -hmm. need to say anyways. So like name calling, bullying, shaming, excessive blaming, like those yes. things are red flags where you're moving into unhealthy conflict. Mm -hmm. You should not be calling your partner names. Mm -hmm. You should not be shaming them for how they feel and talking down to them and bullying them. Yeah, 100%. I've been in relationships where like I've told them they're like a piece of shit. Like this was in my like early 20s because mm -hmm. I do not do that anymore. But when you're young you don't really know how to deal with conflict unless you've had a lot of that in your upbringing. Yeah. Right. Like you have to be guided in, in learning how to deal with that kind of stuff. And if you don't have a lot growing up, the first thing to do is just get angry mm -hmm. and, and call people names. And that's not a healthy way to deal with conflict. That was one thing that I kind of wanted to say when we were talking about earlier, saying things in the heat of the moment and then apologizing later. If the same kind of thing is happening over and over where like, say your partner gets really upset with you and they tell you that like you're a fucking bitch and you're a piece of shit. If that happens over and over and over and every time you guys are done fighting, they say, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean that. That's not okay. Mm -mm. That That ultimately turns into something physical yeah that is like even abuse. just a like slight shove mm -hmm. which again is something that is a red flag yeah like, i had an argument with a partner once and we would always fight and i would yell and then i would try to walk away because we would always be so stuck in this conflict that i was like i just need space i need time to get away from this and calm down and he would never want to let me go and one time he grabbed me and shoved me back into a seat so i would sit and listen to him and i had bruises on my arm after that and he didn't think he'd done anything wrong. And it was so scary to me that that had happened because like you bruised me in the middle of an argument. Like what's to say what's going to happen next time I get that upset with you or you yeah. get that upset with me. Yeah. It's scary because now I'm just like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like that had ever happened to me before. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent not okay. No, a hundred percent. And we justify these things and try and make them seem like they're less bad in our mind like he didn't mean it he didn't mean it but he didn't mean it can lead to many he, he worse things <laughs> yes and and as an outsider you should always tell your friends that that's never going to be okay it's not okay. it's never never to justify that nope 
um and you know yelling interrupting door slamming that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that's just like that's not okay no and i think you know i kind of reflect like i haven't the the times i've gone to therapy have been a lot about like partners Mm -hmm. and you know my romantic partners i haven't touched a ton on anything really to do with my upbringing Mm -hmm. and i know that i need to (laughs) it's just like it's a long road and you know my parents don't listen to this podcast but you know if they do i I, you know we had a conversation and and i don't think i had a bad upbringing Mm -hmm. now i'm hitting the mic (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i had a bad upbringing but there was a ton of door slamming and i remember this <laughs> yes i was a huge door slammer and mm-hmm. i can own that to the ends of the earth like i will tell anybody when i talk about my upbringing that all the fights i had with my mom really resulted in me slamming my door mm-hmm. and my dad was a very impartial party to these fights until he removed my door mm-hmm. and that was a very angry moment it was scary it was not good but it didn't ha- i don't think it happened enough for me to realize the repercussions of it. Mm -hmm. And I know now as an adult, that was 100% not okay. But as a preteen and as a teen, that was how I dealt with my anger. And that was what I did, was just get angry. Mm -hmm. I never understood. I never listened. I just got angry. And there was never any healthy conflict between me and my mom because I would just shut her out and slam the door. Right. And if you do that to your partner now as a grown-up, like I'm telling you that is a childish act of behavior. A hundred percent. That is what teenagers do. And I think it's okay for a few times, but like as a parent, I kind of wish it was just harped on a little more for me that that was not a good way to deal with the conflict. And it wasn't, it's literal and metaphorical door slamming. Yeah. Literally it is like, it's not just saying like, fuck you. I don't want to talk to you. It's like, I don't even give a shit what you have to say, Mm -hmm. which is not okay. Your parents are the ones who are always going to be there for you. Yes. So treating them like that is not a way to deal with your anger. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, if we do experience things like that as kids, a lot of the time we'll bring that with us into adulthood. It's funny because I never had fights like that when I was a child, but I did have that with a semi-recent partner which who I'm not with anymore. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I had never experienced fights where I would get that angry. And I think I didn't at first. It was after months and months and months of this conflict going on and like fighting about the same things and never having any resolution that I just started losing my temper because I knew I was never going to win in these fights. I was always just going to end up crying and Mm -hmm. feeling like shit. So I started reacting so badly. And I remember one time we were arguing on the phone. I was on the highway and I got so upset with him that I threw my phone across the car Mm -hmm. and like screamed and hit my steering wheel and then of course the phone is like way across the car on the floor I can't reach it to hang up so he just heard me have like a tantrum basically (laughs) and then I can't hang up and it's just me driving oh yeah it was like excessive when I was a teen like I would scream into my pillow Mm. and like slam walls and slam doors like it was It's just crazy the things you do when you, like, don't know how to control your emotions. And, like, Mm -hmm. I am 100% guilty of slamming the door a few times as a grown-up. But it is definitely (laughs) not as bad. If I had access to a door in some of those fights, Mm -hmm. hell yeah, I would have slammed it. Yeah. Yeah. I think as the person that's angry, it's a way to vent that anger out. Yeah. 
but it hurts the other person for sure yeah there's something so aggressive about a loud door slam oh like, yeah it's scary i've had oh, it done yeah. to me yeah and yeah it's kind of like it gives you like a you have a physical reaction like my heart rate instantly spikes and i'm like holy shit i feel like it's somewhat similar to like dating somebody who gets mad and like takes their fists and just bangs mm-hmm. it on the table in anger no matter what they're doing even if it's not at you you see you that, feel that and you see that you see that like physical mm-hmm. like lashing out of their anger and it's like yeah it's kind of scary to see that like you're hitting the table right now but like do you want to be hitting me <laughs> right so like it's you scary. don't really like yeah especially in a newer relationship and honestly people can change it could be a long-term relationship and all of a mm-hmm. sudden they start banging on the table and you're like who is this person like yeah. what has happened i pushed someone once in an argument the same person that like pushed me down in the chair i pushed him once oh not proud of it no of course not okay so let's just <laughs> hopefully the dog licking himself isn't picking up on the mics <laughs> <laughs> anyways so what we're trying to say is yelling interrupting door slamming not okay yes to sum up that was a very long <laughs> conversation long, about yes. that one um the next one jack had written this about attacking a partner's character do you want to talk a little bit more about that yeah so i think there's a there's a difference when you're having conflict about something that you'd like them to change what they're doing Mm -hmm. and not who they are as a person and i think there's a big difference with that but there's a way to approach it so like Mm. you know if you're if you're talking to someone and you're saying like i hate how you I don't know. Say what like the... someone never empties the dishwasher. Yeah. You could say, I feel very disrespected when I ask you to empty the dishwasher and you say you will and you don't do it. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to attack their character, you could say, you're so lazy. Right. Yes. That okay. There's thank two. You. Yes. You're basically saying the same thing, but in two very different ways. And one of them is not going to be well received. I mean, no. he might not like you talking to him about emptying the dishwasher either way. It might seem like nagging, but you know what? That's a normal part of living together. Yeah, it is. But yeah. Okay. Thank you. I couldn't think of anything. That was a good example. So just their character. Yeah. If you're thinking about, holy shit, this person I'm with is so lazy, mm-hmm. think about how to reframe that. Totally. Yeah. Because probably they're not lazy in all aspects. No. They might just really fucking hate emptying the dishwasher. Right. And, you know, this is something that we've established. Like, I fucking hate cleaning the shower. I'll clean the rest of the bathroom, but not the shower. <laughs> so Katie's going to clean the shower mm-hmm. and I'm going to clean the rest of the bathroom. It's just all about communication, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Working together for a problem. Yeah. a novel concept. Yeah, for sure. So I think you wrote this next one. About invalidating feelings? Yeah. So I think it's very common in conflict for the person that's very upset or crying or whatever, for the other partner to say, like, you're being ridiculous right now or you're overreacting. And that is completely invalidating their feelings. We've always said, like, your feelings are valid in whatever situation, no matter whether it seems like it's you're overreacting or not. The way that that is making you feel, that is valid. So for your partner to turn around and say, like, you have no right to feel that way, basically, is so completely disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to open up to you again. That's the thing, too, is they're just going to start hiding it from you. Which is not what you want. (laughs) I never thought about saying this in this episode, but that's the thing. I think in resolving conflict, you want to be able to leave the door open for future conversations Mm -hmm. that are honest. Mm -hmm. Because I've had conflict before and it's gone very badly. And I've, this is wrong, but I've said, well, I'm just not going to bring this up again because it didn't go well. And that is 
the start of the end of a relationship i'm telling you right now the oh, minute that you decide sure. you decide that you're not going to communicate about something certain that's the beginning of the end it's over yep i've had partners tell me like well i just didn't tell you this because of the way you reacted last time or because i know you'd be mad yeah well that's bullshit i fucking hate that yeah, it's utter bullshit if you are my partner do not ever fucking say that to me mm-hmm. because it's a cop-out it's something a yes i need to control how i react mm-hmm. fine but B, you holding that shit in mm-hmm. is not going to make us grow together or be any better. No, that is how you build resentment in a relationship. Oh, 100%. Because now you're mad about something that you won't share with me because of how you think I'm going to react. Yes. And I have no idea why you're mad at me. And you haven't even gotten the chance. No, I can't even try and fix it because you mm-hmm. haven't told me. That's not the way to go about it. And that happens, I think, you know, in partnerships and in family. Like I've Mm -hmm. had my family tell me that. And I'm like, someone in my family recently told me like, I'm just going to stop saying how I feel because I'm just too emotional and you don't like to hear it. And it's like, as much as I don't like to hear it, I need it's necessary. to hear it. I need to hear it. So stop that. Like, that's mm-hmm. not how I want this relationship to be. And like, I cannot force this person to have this conversation or this Mm -hmm. relationship with me all i can do is continue to say like hey i'm gonna try and work on how i react but i still want to hear what you have to say and how you feel because it really does matter to me in the end that we're able to talk about this kind of stuff yeah it's just another one of those things where you can't control the other person you can only control yourself and yeah if you know that you react bad fix it yeah 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 totally and there's nothing wrong with saying like i know that i I'm very reactionary in certain situations and I'm sorry for that and I'm trying to work on it and I need you to work with me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's good. That is good, healthy communication. Yeah. I would say that as a total step forward in a relationship if someone was going to share something like that with me. Yeah. The next thing that I wanted to talk about was taking things that you've told someone in confidence and them throwing it back in your face. So I've had very honest conversations with ex-partners and then had those kind of things brought up in arguments and twisted to punish me and you know what if you do that to someone they're not going to want to tell you stuff in confidence anymore no and i'm so beyond hurtful i told a couple ex-partners certain things that i had never shared before ever Mm -hmm. and i had them brought up in arguments and basically thrown at me as a way of like saying that i didn't know what i was talking about or bringing up like something that i'd been hiding before like (sighs) I'm not going to get into specifics, but anyway, it's just like things that you're being vulnerable about and telling somebody like that in confidence, that person that you trust to keep that in confidence and be gentle with you about it. And then them turning around and actually using it as something to attack you with. And Mm -hmm. when they're in conflict, it's a cheap shot. It is. It's not okay. And it hurts more than almost anything else, I would say. You know what? It's funny you bring that up because, well, it's not actually funny, but... (laughs) um, this was a huge reason why I went on stress leave from work. Mm. And yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. I had a conversation with my boss who, you know what? We had worked on building a relationship together and, you know, I did a lot of like ultimately butt kissing because I just wanted it to be kosher between us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did work to a point where she knew some of the things that were going on for me outside of work and you know the ultimate lead up to me being off was us having a meeting 
about something that she thought I did wrong and me actually breaking down, which was the first time I think ever I've cried um, in front of a boss at work because yeah. I just don't really like to show that side. Jack just doesn't really cry that much as it is. Yeah. Um, and she, you know what, just sat there and kind of like looked at me and listened to what I had to say while I was crying. And she was still upset with me and whatever, but you know, it kind of just seemed like she was sitting there listening to me. And then she was like, we're going to have to kind of take this meeting, leave it and come back tomorrow. And the next day, she had written down everything I had said to her while I was crying and read them back to me and made me confirm everything I said, which not only I felt like was almost a bullying tactic, Mm -hmm. it made me feel like I couldn't tell her anything in confidence. Exactly. And that was the complete 100% downfall of any relationship we had. And she had the audacity to say to me, I'm going to close this chapter of our relationship and we're going to have a clean slate and move forward. And in my mind, I could not have a clean slate with no. her. She had broken any trust that I had with her and she could, she failed to see that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when I went on my last day, she was totally fine. Yeah. No idea what she had done. And she's going to continue being like that with people. That's the sad thing. Yeah. But people do have no idea. Ultimately throwing them in your face later during an argument is is mm-hmm. just not the way to go about it and it's it also goes in with twisting twisting the person's words yeah so that's what i was just gonna say the person's telling you something and you're hearing it and then you say it back and it's different than it's what different. they said to you because mm-hmm. you received it differently yeah and that's not good either because they're gonna then get defensive I had a relationship where I would, we would talk, you know, you talk in relationships, you talk about past relationships, you talk about past experiences. And then if we would argue about certain things, he would say, well, you had said that it was like this before. And it was what I had basically said, but with the words twisted. So the meaning was different. And Mm -hmm. he would always, always, always do this to me. And it was so hurtful because it was like, A, are you even hearing me or are you hearing what you want to hear and then choosing to get mad at it Mm -hmm. and then b again like it's something that we had spoken about in confidence in like a very vulnerable bare setting Mm -hmm. like i'm very i'm sharing like my soul with you basically and now you're choosing to turn that around on me during an argument yeah and that also kind of leads to gaslighting yeah which is where you're basically trying to make your partner think that they're crazy and their opinions are invalid and you're the right person because they're crazy Oh, that shit drives me wild. It can be very, very subtle, too, Mm -hmm. if you don't realize that people are gaslighting Mm -hmm. you. And I think sometimes people do it and they don't mean to. I think that sometimes it's just like they interpret things wrong and then they kind of feed it back to you in a way that is just so, like, incendiary. I'm just like, I cannot. But it's something to definitely – I feel like it's such a – it's a word that everyone's kind of talking about lately because a lot of people gaslight. Yeah. It's really, really prevalent and it's scary. I think it's almost kind of like a unconscious thing that some people do. Like they yeah. may not even realize they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think like look up that definition. Yeah. Look up the true definition of gaslighting. Actually, should I look I'm it up really quickly right here? Yeah. I think because I think that the person that used to do it to me a lot, I don't really think that he meant to gaslight me specifically. But I do think that he was trying to twist those situations in a way to his benefit because, and basically his benefit was me backing down (laughs) and saying that he was right. 
So this says uh, gaslighting is to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Mm-hmm. So if you are psychologically manipulating someone to doubt themselves and their own sanity, questioning their memory, their perception, or their judgment, you are not being a kind human. It's psychological abuse, which ties in very closely to emotional abuse Mm -hmm. and can be just as detrimental to somebody as physical abuse. Yeah. It's really... I really encourage anyone who... thinks that they might do this unconsciously to take a really, really honest look at themselves as to how they're behaving in those kind of situations because it is so detrimental to another person. Even just having my words thrown back at me and me saying, no, that's not what I said. And them saying, yes, that's exactly what you said. Yeah. And I'm like, I know that I wouldn't have said that, but mm-hmm. they seem so sure of it. So sure of it. Yeah. That you start questioning, like, maybe I did say that. And it's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And also the you always, you never. I tweeted about this a while ago. I'm like, if you want some girl's head to blow off of her neck, start a sentence with you always do this. It is so, there is almost no situation that you can say you always do this. And it's so inflammatory and unfair to the other person. I still, I just get so mad about, I think about situations where this has been said to me or people that I love and I just get so angry. Like, one thing that comes to mind is like, say you and your partner argue a lot if you guys have been drinking. There's probably um, an underlying issue mm-hmm. that is coming to light because your barriers are down because you have been drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. So for one person to look at the other person and say, you always start fights with me when you're drunk. Mm, been there. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Unless they have an actual addiction issue and that is something that's happening. Again, word it completely differently than that. But for the most part, that's never true. Telling someone you never do this or you always do this. Even back to the dishwasher thing. You never empty the dishwasher when I ask you to. That just gives them the opening to say, two weeks ago I emptied the dishwasher as soon as you asked me to. Do you know what I mean? It's just not a good way to fight. Yeah, or it's like when you're drunk you're you get mad at me so much easier and like I chirp you when you're sober and it's like, well, yeah, because I'm way more emotional when I drink because I can't really control my emotions when I drink. And like Mm -hmm. It does have something to do with the fact of, like, how much you drink. But in the end, your partner needs to be understanding. Like, I say so many times when, like, we're watching movies or watching shows. It's like, these people should not be having this conversation because one drunk. of them is intoxicated. 100%. And it's like... It's just intoxicated. Yeah, intoxicated. That's my favorite <laughs> word. Um, you should not be having that conversation while one of you is drunk because mm-hmm. it's not... It's just... It never ends well. No. It doesn't. It affects your cognitive reasoning. Oh, yeah. And again, it lowers your inhibition. So you might say things that you wouldn't normally say. And again, like those kind of things that you can't take back. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Fighting conflict, I should say, arguing should never happen when you're intoxicated. If you guys are drunk and something comes up, you need to separate and let it lie. Yeah. Which is something I wanted to ask you about later, but we may as well talk about it now. What do you think about the whole never go to bed angry thing? I think going to bed angry when you're drunk is fine. Yep. Because most of the time I wake up and I don't really remember. And I think... (laughs) (laughs) So maybe... I don't know. I think it's fine because you shouldn't really be dealing with conflict conflict while you're drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even if you wake up and you remember, it's fine to address it then. But to address it while you're drunk and both of you can't really like reason with each other. Yes. It's not not really reason with each other, but like even just hear each other and understand. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And your emotional regulation is just like all over the place when you're drunk. Yeah. It's true. 
So I think like when you're sober and it's a regular conflict, I think, yes, you shouldn't go to bed angry. Mm -hmm. However, if you've come to a point, because I find a lot of the fights do happen later at night. Mm -hmm. Um, If you come to a point where you just cannot come to an agreement, you just need to look at each other and say like, babe, I love you so much and I don't want to fight with you and I can't anymore today. Mm -hmm. And I want to revisit this tomorrow because I want to be seen. I want you to be seen. I want you to be heard. And I really want to take some space tomorrow to talk about it. I think that's how you can address it. But going to bed, not speaking to each other is a whole different situation. hundred percent. I love that you just said that because I think that so, and so many times people will say like, we're not figuring this out. We're never going to come to an understanding. Let's just drop it and go to bed. Mm. But then it's dropped for good. Yep. And it's not actually dropped in either of your minds. Like you're yep. both going to hold on to that, but you guys are never going to come to any sort of resolution. So I think that literally I love the wording that you just used mm-hmm. for like, let's bookmark this. Yep. We're going to go to bed. I still love you. I still want to solve this, mm-hmm. but we're obviously not going to get on the same page tonight. So let's just get a good night's sleep and revisit it tomorrow after we've both had a chance to calm down and think. And a lot of the time, if I'm in a fight with someone, if I do take a night off and I think about it the next day, I'm not as mad as I was I was going to say, you're less crazy for sure. Yeah. About the situation. Yeah. Okay. So let's quickly talk about some healthy conflict strategies. So mm-hmm. we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, just remembering that you and your partner are both showing up with different inner child wounds. Yeah. So the upbringings are different. The experiences are different. And just trying to really understand that and hear what they have to say. Yeah. Everyone's gone through different trauma in their lives. And while we might not ever be able to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, you can try to understand what they've experienced and then why they may be interpreting a situation in a certain way based on their experiences and their trauma. Yeah. And so understanding that like when you guys come to this discussion about whatever's bothering you, you're both innocent. You're not doing this to manipulate each other. You're not being malicious. Mm -hmm. You're here innocently talking about how you feel about something. And just knowing again, that you're both here against the problem together Mm -hmm. and not against one another. And just taking that time to have the healthy dialogue. So Mm -hmm. like I said, so many times it's late at night. If it, if it's not the right time, say what I said and reflect tomorrow when you have way more time to sit and understand how they're feeling hold that space for each other and just really try and understand I think that's the biggest thing is just really taking that time to understand why they're feeling the way they're feeling and Mm -hmm. they need to do the same for you yeah totally I'd mark down to talk about this later but yeah it's like I feel like some people have very opposite conflict resolution styles where some people want to deal with it in the moment like let's deal with this right now Mm -hmm. and some people are like I'm too emotional right now or I'm too overwhelmed or I just need some time to collect my thoughts and I need to go take an hour a day whatever it is away from this and then we'll come back to it so if you and your partner both have very different conflict resolution styles you need to respect each other Mm -hmm. and i would say that the person that needs a break is the person that needs to be respected more in that situation and that's usually me yeah i'm usually the one that needs to go back and reflect and it it ultimately works out in the end because i'm able to think about am i being too much yeah it gives you space to sit back and kind of let the emotions die down a little bit and think a little bit more rationally. And mm-hmm. then you can also kind of see things from your partner's perspective a little bit more when you don't have those those rush of emotions. Like when you're in conflict, you feel those symptoms physiologically, like your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure spikes, you have a cortisol dump. Mm-hmm. Like you have all of these 
reactions within your body that make you not actually able to deal with the conflict as well. It's your fight or flight kicking in and your body's priming to either fight or run away. And neither of those are really going to help you in an adult relationship. Yeah, exactly. So as long as you are going to take that space, but come back to speak about it again, then I think that is so healthy. Yeah. Yeah, you really do have to respect that. Um, I wrote here, you cannot have healthy conflict while your heart rate is high. Yeah. So if you feel your heart rate is increasing and it's it's kind of out of your control at that point, take mm-hmm. that time. Five, 15, an hour, whatever it is you need. But take it so that you can actually have a healthy conversation about whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so really ultimately, were you going to say something? I was just going to ask you what my last little point here. Yeah, yeah. What is your opinion of makeup sex? Um, I think I've done it a few times. I think it's great if you've actually talked about it and made up resolves in the words, mm-hmm. not using the sex to make up. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I think most of my experiences with makeup sex, I feel very icky mm. thinking back about it because I did not feel like things were actually resolved. It was just kind of a, we're done fighting. So let's have sex now so that we can both feel better. Yeah, no, that's not the way to go about it. It's when you both feel heard, seen, you've held space for each other, you're Mm -hmm. loved. I think that's when it's okay. Yeah. In my last like big breakup, we'd kind of, we'd had like a huge, huge fight that was basically like the relationship ender. And Mm -hmm. then it just, I backed down and I stayed for a little while and he had wanted to have makeup sex after that fight. And I said no, because Mm -hmm. I knew that things weren't actually resolved. And I'm so happy that I said no so happy I you held your it. space i did i held my you space did. and yeah. i continued holding it for about another week and then the relationship was actually over it should have been over that first night it was again me not knowing how to be assertive in the moment but yeah yeah i think that's the biggest thing is like if you feel like you and your partner have actually resolved that conflict and you feel close to them and like you feel like you're trusting them at that moment you feel like you can be vulnerable again then yeah absolutely like take that emotional connection and make it a physical one and just put that whole fight to bed. And I mm-hmm. think that's really beautiful. I just don't think that I've really experienced that in my own relationships that often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people use it as a way to make up, mm-hmm. which is not how it should be at all. Yeah. Or like a distraction technique, honestly. Or that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what I was going to say is ultimately there's really no perfect relationship. You have to figure mm-hmm. out what works best for you too and just be willing to apologize when wrong and repair as soon as possible because there's no point in holding on to that anger when you don't Mm -hmm. need to just figure it out and repair it and it's normal to have thoughts like is it gonna work I need a way out but that's ultimately just your ego holding you back from really resolving the situation I love that statement (laughs) so deep can you be my therapist (laughs) no (laughs) I feel like I can't do it to go to school for that no (laughs) and really you're both of you have to be on board Mm -hmm. to hear listen understand and both of you have to want to fix it it cannot be a one-sided thing that's so true it's like i think we've both probably been in relationships where we feel like i'm fighting so hard for this relationship and my partner just keeps fighting me and like i can't force you to get on board with me to save this relationship like we've both got to be on board yeah and it's kind of a devastating thing to realize but you can't force somebody else to no do what you want no you can't force them to be have a healthy relationship with you do you know what i mean like if people aren't willing to grow and learn then you can't force them well if that's a continual thing you feel Mm -hmm. like you're 
trying to convince them to love you and trying to convince them to hold that space for you and trying Mm -hmm. to convince them to understand where you're coming from they're not your person yeah if you feel like you have to try to convince your partner not to be mean to you on a regular basis then that's not somebody you should be with no absolutely not so this was um an interesting and much heavier episode than we're used to however (laughs) i think it was probably somewhat beneficial and hopefully somebody took something away from this I honestly feel like I've taken something away from this just me from too. us kind of talking about yeah, this together. Me too. It's so beautiful. <laughs> we'll talk about like anal and stuff next week. <laughs> we'll get back on track. Awesome. I think that's it for us. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to us blabber on for like, I don't even know how long that was, an hour? A little over an hour. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah. We still welcome your feedback. Our DMs are always open. And follow us on all your social media platforms. You guys can listen to us on whatever podcast app you have. We're available on pretty much all of them as far as I know. Yep. And yeah, if you have any suggestions, feedback, questions, shoot us a DM on the Two Girls One Broadcast Instagram account. That's where we're most active. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. See you, Taco.